Sego and welcome to Resistance Radio. I'm John Gain. I'm your host. Um, I don't honestly know if Regan will be joining us or not today. Um, hopefully she will. We'll, uh, well, I guess we'll, I'll wait for her to see if I get a message here. Um, we are off next week. And because we are off next week, it is important that I address the second, or <laughs> it's not really the second, I guess, the next U.S. holiday that sucks um, uh, on the show today. And, and of course, we got, we got through Columbus Day, although some are calling it, uh, some, some of are calling it Indigenous Peoples Day. But we got to listen to the President of the United States proclaim both days a shared holiday. So a Native um, Indigenous Peoples Day shared with probably one of the worst people we could be matched up with, uh, Christopher Columbus. So, so now we move on to the next um, holiday that sucks, and that is, uh, that's Halloween. So I'm going to talk about all that is wrong with people playing dress-up and dressing up themselves, their kids, their girlfriends, their dogs, their grandmothers as Native people for, for Halloween. Uh, look, it's not, it's not cute, it's not funny, and it's not sexy. It's racist. It is, by any account, the native version of blackface. So don't do it. I mean, all I can say is just, just don't do it. It is, it's, it's just, it's more than inappropriate. Look, I don't talk specifically about costumes as much as I do about the whole mascot issue. And I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying, I guess the mascot issue. The problem that, that we have is that, that it is erasure. The idea that Nate, that native imagery is being used for not just high schools, but, but, but sports teams in general. Look, if you are, when, when people hear the word redskin, they don't even think of us, which is okay because it's a racial slur. They think of a football player. It, I mean, I literally heard some some pushback on the on the Cleveland baseball team changing its name, and they said Indians. I don't even think about Native people when I hear Indians. I think about the baseball team, Braves, Chiefs. I mean, so if you hear these words, and you've already disassociated that. Even though the imagery is clear, if you've already disassociated that imagery with us as Native people, I mean, that's not unreasonable because most of these are inaccurate. They are essentially abominations of, uh, of Native imagery. They're not Native imagery. They are actually images and drawings that were created by white people. I know people always start to say, oh, no, it was a Native guy who drew that. Well, whatever. Even if it was, it was drawn for white people. So, so let's be clear. So I concentrate a lot on the mascot issue. Fight it, you know, fight it in the schools around where I live. Fight it in the school that I, that I attended. I am called upon by, by schools all over the country, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. I get called, uh, called in to, to help, to educate and to explain what's wrong with it. Well, everything that is wrong with a mascot is everything that is wrong with white people, especially white people, but not just white people, dressing up as Native people for Halloween. We are not a joke. We are not a timestamp that can be captured in a plastic bag with, uh, with, with chicken feathers. That's, that's not who we are. And... The, the idea that people can claim this identity, and I want to be clear, when we talk about costumes, they, they run the gamut. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, there are the costumes that are, that are sexually explicit for cosplay and all that stuff, not just for Halloween. There are, you know, costumes for children. There are you know, costumes for, for a guy and a girl to, to, you know, to dress up together so they can live this, this idea of this fantasy. But there's a lot of sexualization that goes, uh, that goes with, with these costumes. But you know what? 
when it comes to mascots, if you're wearing a team jersey that says Redskins across the front of it or Indians, you too are promoting yourself and in a way, in, in some fashion, playing Indian, playing native. And you're communicating that that you, because you got the label across your shirt, that that's what you are. You know, I guess we could argue, well, no, you're just supporting your team. But then you're saying that that's what a native person is, an Indian, a redskin, a brave, a warrior, whatever. It's problematic on every level. And even in the schools and in the sports teams, the images are sexualized. And when I say sexualized, I'm, I'm talking about cheerleaders. I'm talking about the apparel that's available. I don't know if you've seen some of the apparel that, that has been available for, for sports, uh, you know, sports franchises. And not just the native ones, but in general, some of it is, yeah, is, is clearly intended to, uh, you know, to be, to be quote-unquote sexy. This idea of fetishizing native people and native women in particular, it has a direct effect on sexual assault that, that, that native women experience. Native women are two and a half times more likely to experience a sexual assault, a rape, than anybody else. Than anybody else. Just by virtue of being native. Well, why would that be? How would native women be elevated as targets? Well, look at history. Look at your costumes. So, I mean, the, the, the numbers suggest that one in three Native women will be raped in their lifetime. So when I talk about missing and murdered Indigenous women, this isn't happening in a vacuum. There's a, there's a causation behind this. You know, and, and, and it isn't this idea. We can't victim shame over this. You know what I'm saying? And, and nor should we. But there is an image that has been broadcast. And look, and I'm not just talking about Facebook and Twitter and social media. This has been going on for, for as long as white people started writing about us. Forget about just you know, photographs and, you know, uh, and, and movies and, and television. Native people have been depicted in... You know, both as as um, as fantasies um, for for men and women, and that's what leads to to this kind of behavior. I mean, look, if you de dehumanize people by thinking that you have not only the right, but you know, obviously all the support from you know. Party City or, you know, Halloween's R Us or whatever the heck, they, wherever they're selling costumes. But certainly if you look at what's happening, uh, you know, with, with sports teams, college has pretty much, you know, snuffed most of this out, out, except for in Florida. Lots of high schools. And you know what? The people dig in on this. I'm, I'm hearing story after story about television broadcasters. And the networks broadcasting the tomahawk chop down because of, of Atlanta in the playoffs or because of, of, of Chiefs games, Kansas City Chiefs games. It is, you know, and, and it's bad enough that you have 50,000 people in, in the stands doing this, right? But you have millions watching it on television. So there's really no need for the broadcasters and for the networks to broadcast that, but they do. I mean, look, I go back to you know to the networks putting up images of the Philadelphia fan, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Flyers fan who would impale a rubber head made to look like a native person uh, with feathers and war paint, and impale it and hold it up at when when the Eagles would play the Washington uh, NFL team or when they would play uh, the when the Flyers would play the Blackhawks and that image of this guy in body paint and this impaled Indian head would essentially would make it onto the uh, the graphics they they put, they put them on television
and there'd be smiles all around. I mean, no one was outraged that this guy was doing this. I mean, schools putting up banners that say, get ready for another trail of tears. No one was outraged. Well, I mean, look, there was some pushback later on, but nobody thought it was inappropriate while they were doing it. This is what we experience as Native people. This idea that we are not only cast as relics of the past, but that because we are being deemed as relics of the past, it's okay. No, it's okay. I mean, L. Frank Baum, 1890, writes, uh, writes that, you know, why not annihilation? Their glory is fled, their spirit broken, their manhood effaced. Better they die than live the miserable wretches that they are. History would, uh, would speak in later ages of the grand kings of the forest of the plain, the forest and the plain. That's what Al Frank Baum wrote in 1890, a week before they massacred at Wounded Knee. But what he was saying is, let's wipe them out, and then we can lift up the image the way we want to lift it up. That's, I mean, that's the basis for the mascot issue. So how do we correct this? Well, I mean, I guess we appeal to you and hopefully much of your better judgment that you will stop doing this. Stop pretending to be an image that isn't even our image. I'm like, those costumes, none of them are, uh, have any accuracy to them. Always have involved feathers of some sort. As if Native people could not have existed without feathers. Now, I'm not suggesting that Native people didn't use feathers for uh, headdresses or gostoas or, you know, or any number of things, but... This idea that, that Hollywood is created. And like I said, for all the blame being put on social media, we are ignoring what Hollywood has done for 100 years. We are ignoring what television has done for 70 or 80 years. We are ignoring what magazine covers and, uh, and photo layouts in those magazines. Frankly, we're ignoring what writers like Al Frank Baum or James Fenimore Cooper, the way that we have been portrayed in, in writing, in poetry, in film, in theater, in television, all of that stuff. None of it, none of it is us defining ourselves. It's somebody else defining. You know the idea of the headband? <laughs> I, I found it interesting in uh, listening, watching the movie um, Real Indians, R-E-E-L. They talked about that. The whole idea of the quote-unquote Indian headband was so that white people could keep their their wigs on when they're when they're playing the when they were playing the roles as native people. There's no evidence that that headbands was a were ever a big thing for native people. It made more sense to tie your hair, hair back or, or braid it, not to to you know put on a sweat banner on your head. But that's the way they could hold their hold the wigs on, and so that becomes that's all part of the costumes the costumes that are available. So look, as we approach another, in a long line, of holidays that suck, and I'm talking about U.S. holidays here, it is really important that we address some of these issues. And, and look, and if you're wondering, what do you mean holidays that suck? Well, Columbus Day, Halloween, Thanksgiving. Yeah, this whole image of happy little Indians and happy little pilgrims. Look, I have no problem with people getting together for dinner or with, for pe with people giving thanks. But stop lying about its origin. The first proclaimed Thanksgiving by the colonists were, were the, was about giving thanks for, for murdering the Pequot. Just to be clear, it isn't this happy little pilgrims, happy little Indians thing. It never was. And, of course, immediately following this, this holiday is normally the proclamation by the President of the United States that, um, what do they call it, Black, Black Friday, <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving, is National Native American Heritage Day, which is a part of National Native American Heritage Month, which, you know, is, is November. And, of course, the problem with this idea of National Native American heritage, anything, is that it's always looked back. 
It's a look back. Again, casting us in the past as relics of the past. I mean, who is going to determine what our heritage is? We don't even get to do that. We don't get to determine what our, who we are as, our, as far as our identity goes. Do you know how often, not just myself, but many Native people, hear from, from a white person or, or frankly, any, anybody who's not Native, and say, geez, you don't look Indian to me. Well, do you know what that means? Honestly, let's break that down. It means that they have an image in their head of what a Native person is supposed to look like. Now, where the hell do they get that image from? Hollywood? Television? Mascots? Em emblems on the side of a football helmet? Or a hockey jersey? You know, or, or, or some other buffoon cartoon character being used as a mascot for a sports team? Or, a, you know, pro college or, um, or high school? That is the image that the, the general population has that we had no say in. And, you know, and the influence of that image was so powerful that Native people at various times throughout our history in the United States or with the United States, we felt like we had to, we, we had to meet, we had to achieve that imagery. So you would have Native people who never had long flowing headdresses wear long flowing headdresses. Because why? Because they were trying to represent themselves as Native people. And they had to meet the image that wasn't, was created by somebody else. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pitiful. I mean, it's a shame. But that's, that's the truth. I, I, I recall the images that were captured on, on film. Uh, in, in pictures, of representatives of the Six Nations, the Haudenosaunee, my people, going to Washington so they could officially declare war against Nazi Germany, um, uh, fascist uh, Mussolini, and, and Hirohito. So, so that, that we, our leadership, so-called so leadership, would declare war against the Axis powers to justify our involvement in that, in that war that really had nothing to do with us. And when, they, when you see those pictures, you see representatives from the Six Nations wearing Plains Indian headdresses. Yeah, so we're talking about the, the 1940s. That's what our own people were using as traditional... Our, uh, to, uh, a traditional look to you know for these photographs for these photo ops for these publicity stunts i mean we know better now now you know look we are clear to point out an inappropriate image you know especially for, for these school mascots i mean um, by and large most schools were using the long uh, plains indian headdress floating head right that it's just a head right that, that shows up as these mascots not the whole body i mean you know they may have somebody dress up and be a full body but but the image in that logo is always just the head and 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 many places pointed out look that's that's not even what native people from this area would have been would have looked like so this this is what we have been able to push back on look the mascot issue is something that i do give a fair amount of attention to. And there's a reason for it. Part of that reason is that it's connected to everything else. Obviously, talking about the mascots and costumes, you know, Halloween costumes, they're connected. The fetishizing of Native people and, and, and how much it attributes to, um, you know, to violence against Native women. It's connected. The, uh, the idea that for 100 years, while white schools were... Uh, were promoting this idea of playing Indian. Native kids were being ripped from their homes and forcefully assimilated and indoctrinated and having the Indian killed within them. Kill the Indian, save the man. They were having their culture stripped away, their language ripped from their mouths, literally. Their clothing ripped off their bodies, their hair you know, chopped off. They were forbidden forbidden to be native children while white kids could play 
Indian all day. And in fact, they were pay, playing it in, uh, in, in taxpayer-funded schools. So there's a connection. Even if that connection is the, the pure, unadulterated hypocrisy and dichotomy of the situation. So, but the reason I talk about the mascot issue is because we're winning this one. The Washington football team changed its name. They didn't want to, but they did. The Cleveland baseball team dropped its name. We're seeing high schools all over the country, especially in the last t 20 years since, you know, since this has been really been studied. But honestly, there have been more schools that have changed their name since the Washington football team dropped its name than in, 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 the years, uh, in, in all the years prior. That's how much impact having a team in the nation's capital dig in on a racial slur for the name of their team and a racist image for their, for their logo and mascot. That's how much impact it has. But you know what? Even with Cleveland dropping its name and, and Washington dropping its name, there are still schools that are digging in. My old high school, my own high school, they're actually fighting the New York State Education Department over this issue because now it's gone beyond the debacle of school boards voting for or against this thing. And now it's turned into something at the state level. And we'll, we'll see how this plays out. There's actually um, a petition and a ruling that is likely to come down. Um, you know, it could, it could come down next week for all we know from the, Dr. Betty Rosa, the, the New York state uh, commissioner of education on her She's issued a stay, basically telling the school that I graduated from, Cambridge High School in, in, uh, in eastern, eastern New York, that when they retired the mascot and then brought it back a week later, that that decision to bring it back a week after the retirement was to come into effect was an arbitrary and capricious decision. It was a decision that was implemented by two new board members who never reviewed any of the information that the board was supposed to consider in making this uh, making this ruling. So this, this we're still fighting this issue, but we're winning this issue. And by and large, most schools, including a school that I was just you know following in in Illinois, uh, in Morris, Illinois, where one of the the board the board members, who just last year was was photographed with her daughter with those long flowing white headdress. And her husband, who just was recently elected as the mayor of that town, who, who basically said, conceded that, it, that it's not a question of if the, the, the town and the school will drop the name, but when. Well, if you know that it's not a question of if, but when, then why not now? And if you can acknowledge that blackface is wrong, I mean, it was always wrong, but it certainly was a practice of white people. Al Jolson was, was you know, one of the, was the biggest entertainer of, of his time. And there was this idea of white men in blackface, sometimes even sharing the stage with, with, with black performers. I mean, that's the awkwardness of it all. But if you know, looking at that, that it was wrong. And it's, it was wrong then, and it's certainly wrong now. If you are trying to do damage control because the picture of you in college, you know, somehow has resurfaced. Yes, I'm talking about you, Justin Trudeau, or you, the the mayor of uh, of, of Virginia, or the, the governor of Virginia, or, or whomever. If if you're a politician or or any kind of celebrity, Ted Danza, Danza. I mean, in blackface with Whoopi Goldberg. If, if you have had to do damage control over blackface and yet you still don't see a problem with 50,000 people in a football stadium or a, or a, a, a baseball field, you know, with paint on and headdresses, you know, swinging their arm, doing the tomahawk chop. And let me, let me state clearly in case you have one, what the hell is the tomahawk chop? Well, I'll tell you what the tomahawk chop is. It symbolizes bludgeoning an adversary. Now, look, this may be baseball, America's pastime. 
And it may be football, the most popular sport in the United States today. But the imagery is still about spilling blood. And anytime Native people are used for mascots, it is about violence. It is about bloodshed. It is about the made-up characteristics that, that Americans have now associated with, with Native people. Fierceness, warrior, brave, you know, bloodthirsty, aggressive, all of that stuff. And it really works for football. You know how it you know became a part of baseball, and how it becomes fifty thousand people in a in a you know a sporting complex, reenacting this this idea of of bludgeoning their adversary. It's problematic, and and it, look, and if you're doing it just ritualistically, then how different is it than putting your hand up and you know uh, in support of Hitler? If you're just doing something because you're following the crowd, what does that say about you? Well, I'm putting it back on all of you. It is time to condemn dress up of Native people. It is time to, to, to stop doing it and to... And to not accept it. Look, just this week, you know, this this video surfaced, and I saw Sean King had posted it on on Facebook and Twitter of a teacher, a math teacher, no less, with construction paper, looked like I don't know, just paper feather headdress, making a complete ass of herself in front of a, a math class. I don't know what it had to do with math. And she's tomahawk chopping. She's you know dancing like a fool in front of this uh, this class. So supposedly, I guess, trying to imitate a native custom. I mean, that teacher should be fired, not reprimanded. I mean, I would be interested to, to, to get inside her head a little bit to, to ask her, what the hell were you thinking? And there was a native person in the class, from what I understand. This is, this is the unique racism that Native people either experience or, or that is displayed at our expense. I mean, look, many of the schools that have Native mascots don't even have Native people in them, which is part of the reason they've been able to get away with it for so long. There are, there's an argument to be made, and this is, and this is what, uh, how it's been argued in Pennsylvania, that if there's no Native kids in the class, then how can you say they are, that Native people are being harmed by a Native mascot? That This is literally the argument that schools like Neshaminy High School in Langhorne, PA, are, are making. That's, it's literally their argument. So if, in other words, you can shout the N-word as loud as you want as long as there's not a black person to hear it? Really? Is that, is that the logic? So... <laughs> Look, and I'm here to say it does matter because, look, I, I, I tell a lot of stories about the ignorance that Native people have to confront by policymakers, by, by industry, by, you know, the media. Now, why, do, why is it such a big hill to climb? Well, it's because that's, look what these people grew up with. Look what these white people grew up with. Mascots, teaching you know, American history where Indians is the, is the first period that ended with discovery. A poll in Montana, I think it was a Great Falls Tribune or something like that. A poll suggested that 40% of Americans don't even know Native people exist anymore. And I don't know what the other 60% know or think they know. But, but it's not just, okay, 40% think we, do, we, we don't exist and 60% do. There was probably a whole lot of people within that 60% that just don't know, are indifferent. So how do, how do we get there? In a place like Montana, that where there's Native people in the area. I mean, how, how do we get there?
Well, I'll tell you how we get there. Because what schools teach, what television broadcasts, what writers write, what uh, filmmakers film, we are in a constant battle to fight for our own right to define who we are. A hundred years of residential schools, <clears throat> the Indian Act in Canada, the Indian Reorganization Act in the United States, the U.S. Citizenship Act, or the Indian Citizenship Act, where they declared that we were U.S. citizens. We didn't ask for that. We didn't declare that. I've never declared I was a U.S. citizen, but didn't have to. The United States did it for us. That is the stripping away. That, the Indian Citizenship Act of 1924, was all, that, what, what was accomplished with that, that law passage was being regarded as a war crime in many parts of the world. Because what they were calling it is the idea of stripping away somebody's national character or cultural character, their distinction, stripping it away, and then replacing it with the dominant culture around them. Imposing U.S. citizenship on, on our people. We have been stripped of the right to not only be Native people, but to even define ourselves as Native people. Instead, Hollywood does it for us. Television does it for us. School mascots do it for us. There are children today being told that that image, that drawing on a, on a football helmet, that is an Indian. That's what an Indian is. Still with the feather in the hair, the ponytail, the whole bit, the braid perhaps. Yeah, most of it's braids or long hair. They're not being told that, that this is what a Native person is. Or the folks fighting Line 3 in Minnesota, that that's what Native people are. No, we're, we're being criminalized for resisting assimilation. And in the meantime, schools not only are teaching a false sense of who Native people are to white kids, but they, but they are still actively engaged in assimilation and indoctrination policies to the Native kids who, are, who attend these schools. Think about what is being taught in schools today. Bering Strait Theory. Columbus discovered America. Happy little pilgrims, happy little Indians. <clears throat> and nothing contemporary. I mean, there is no talk about... I mean, the, the closest thing to a contemporary education that, that students are experiencing is the battle over mascots. And that's not what defines us either. Look, I've got to say it right here. I am grateful for this opportunity to explain a Native perspective on this. I don't know any Native people. I mean, I don't know any Native people. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I don't know any Native people who think it's okay for white people to dress up as Native people. Look, we, we've heard about polling, you know, that was, was done by Sports Illustrated and, and, and the Washington football team that, that tried to claim that 90% of Native people are okay with sports mascots. Well, how was the question framed? And, and how did people identify themselves as Native people? Or were, they, were they just, oh, yeah, my grandmother's a Cherokee princess? Because that's what it is. This idea of people self-identifying on the phone that, for the purpose of this question, today, they're going to define themselves as, as Native American, as Indians. And then they say, oh, no, I have no problem with the Native mascots. Well, if you ask a Native person, who, especially one who lives on a Native territory, who, who has family and community and cultural connections to, to that identity, not just somebody who claims to have some sort of, you know, ancestral line or you know, some small percentage or, you know, got a 23 and me result that said, oh, yeah, 0.5% Native American. No, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Native pe people who live as Native people. 
If you ask them how they feel about white people dressing up as Native people, this isn't like a 50-50 proposition. This is overwhelmingly Native people lashing out against that. It's offensive. You know, a white gymnast with, with, with in full regalia doing flips across the football field or a, or a basketball court or riding out on a horse in Florida claiming to be Chief Osceola and throwing a spear from a horseback. Sorry, Florida State, but Seminoles were not a horse culture. You'd have been better off riding that clown out on an alligator than a horse. I mean, this is the lunacy, the, the same lunacy. And look, look for the, look for the, all you gotta do is search, you know, math teacher playing Indian or something like that. And you're going to see this moron of a woman um, who her, her video has gone viral. This is what we deal with. So given the opportunity to come to you and explain the native view on this, I do it with the request that you don't. Just don't do it. Don't dress up as Native people for Halloween or for cosplay or for, you know, your, your, your trip to the, to the football game or baseball game or whatever. Don't do it. Don't put the headdress on. Don't put it on yourself. Don't put it on your girlfriend. Don't put it on your children. Just don't do it. It's racist. It, it, is, it is actually the theft. I mean, lots, look, identity theft is a, is, is a big problem in the United States. But it's only a problem because they're worried about dollars and cents, the money that can be taken through identity theft. I mean, identity theft has, has a dollar value to it. But if you're talking about stealing somebody's image, for your own amusement and entertainment, that identity theft seems to be okay. It's not a crime. It's not even frowned upon. That is the challenge that we have. And that's why coming into another holiday that sucks, we have to, you know, we have to have this conversation. I mean, it is, it is, crazy that this is a necessary conversation but the math teacher and what i don't even know what state it was in but the math teacher with the with the stupid headdress makes it clear that this is still a conversation that needs to be had and if you go into any costume shop the ones that pop up in the month before halloween you're going to find a whole section of native costumes. The sexy Pocahontas outfit. The, the children's, you know, costume. The buck and doe, you know, male and female, you know, collection. And, and you know, and the crazy part is that many of these things come out at the same time the calls for social justice, Indigenous Peoples Day, all this stuff is coming is coming out all at the same time. The shelves are loading up with, with, with Indian costumes on the same day that we're supposed to be honored with Indigenous Peoples Day. Hey, last week, by some accounts, um, over 600 people were arrested in Washington, D.C., Starting with Indigenous Peoples Day, you know, the day that Joe Biden stood up and proclaimed that the second Monday of October is once again Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day. It's folks went to Washington to protest for a week. It was called. Um, uh, people versus fossil fuels. And that was, the, you know, a, a five-day protest. Over 600 people were, were arrested. That's, that's the accounts that I've read. Over 100, almost 200 were arrested on Indigenous Peoples Day itself. And 
This is in front of the White House. So much for the proclamation to honor Native people. By Thursday, there was an occupation of the Interior Department. Why? Because the Native Interior Secretary has refused to address Line 3 in Minnesota and, and, and several other pipelines. In fact, she's refused to address quite a bit. But she made the news this, this week because she ran the, Bo the Boston Marathon. Frankly, I could give a rat's ass about whether Deb Haaland ran the, the Boston Marathon. I'd rather see her address missing and murdered indigenous women. And not just talk about it, but, but address it. I'd rather see her hold the states accountable, accountable for extorting money out of native gaming. Something that she could have done day one. And it's an issue that she had some familiarity with. She was involved in, in, in the gaming of, uh, of, of her nation, of her, of her tribe. She knows what New Mexico and Oklahoma and New York and so many other states have been doing to native gaming enterprises. Taking millions, in, in the case of New York, over a billion dollars from the Senecas alone. She could have addressed this day one. Why? Because there's no new law needed. It's, it's right there. It's already been done. It's, uh, it's, it's part of the, the federal statute that, that created a legal framework for, for Native people and states to, uh, to work out gaming deals. It never gave the states the right to, to fleece money, to extort money, to tax. But that's exactly what's been happening. So when, when I talk about you know, not just the holidays that suck, but the lip service that we get paid from politicians. And we get paid a lot of lip service from the Democrats. Look, and I'm not saying the Democrats are worse on Native issues than, than the Republicans. They clearly are not. But make no mistake about it. We are fighting colonialism, settler colonialism, whether somebody is a Democrat or Republican. And when a Native person is no longer our advocate standing up to the federal government or state government, but becomes a part of the federal government, whether it's Deb Haaland or this, um, uh, this other guy that they're, uh, they're bringing in to, um, to run the parks, uh, national park system, whether, whether it's uh, whoever it is, when you are no longer the native leader standing up to settler colonialism, but rather are employed by them. You, you lose, I, look, and I'm, you lose my support if you had in the first place, but you've joined the other team here. Your responsibility is to them, not to us. You serve at the pleasure of the president of the United States. And if you get elected, into office? Well, white people elected you. No, I mean, and that that's, I mean, Deb Haaland, white people elected her to Congress. Sharice Davids, white people elected her. I'm not saying Native people didn't vote, but but our vote is meaningless. It's, it's almost irrelevant from a number standpoint. The only way that we advance in that system is to conform is to indoctrinate, to assimilate. And you know what? The crazy part is that is how success is being measured among Native people. Which, oh, look at, look at what Deb Hallen has achieved. She joined the other side. But that's being measured as success. We're being judged by their system. I see, I see my, my co-host fighting Line 3 in Minnesota. I see that as success. I see stopping Native mascots in schools and in, in professional sports. I see that as success. Not running to serve, to serve white people. Not, not running to serve settler colonialism. And, and the allies that we have, the allies... And the accomplices, the non-Native allies and accomplices, many of whom were arrested last week, they know better. They wouldn't buy, 
buy a Halloween costume and dress up. And look, I, one thing I want to make clear. There is a difference between buying native jewelry or, or clothing, you know, with, with native design or that, that native people designed or buying artwork. There's no problem with that. But if you're going to buy some of these things and then pass yourself off as native, that's where the problem is. Look, we have, we have fine artists. We have, we have painters and sculptors and jewelry makers and clothing designers. And by all means, patronize their, uh, their skill set. Patronize their work. But don't dress up as Indians. Don't do it. Just, just don't. Look, I want to take some time here. I, I want to, um, something I haven't done enough of lately. I, I want to thank WBAI and you, the listener, for giving me the space to come into your car, or your headset, or your living room, wherever, wherever you listen to this program. We, we need stations like WBAI. Look, we're, we're in, a, we're in a, an evolving media landscape. Some would argue that radio is no longer relevant. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't necessarily subscribe to that argument. I know I do podcasts. Um, Let's Talk Native podcast. Um, and I turn this program into a podcast as well. But being on the air, being live broadcast, to and, and broadcast means the the signal is sent out there. Some will catch it by accident. I mean, we are we are literally sending this to the airwaves. Now you you can still listen to the show on online by going to um, wbai.org. You can listen to us online, but you know what? We are listener supported radio. So whether you're listening to us as a broadcast or as a, as a live stream or as, or as an archive file or as a podcast, we need your support to do it. So I want to ask you to support WBAI. And, and I'm going to ask you to do it in the name of the show. I know that I am not a big fundraiser. I don't have premiums that I put out there. And um, to me, I'm trying to give the show as the premium. I know that's become almost a, a trite expression, but I'm hoping that if you listen to this program and you take anything from, you know, what some might think is too harsh a tone, but perhaps, I don't know. But if you take anything from my messaging, that you'll support WBAI. And you can do so by going, uh, by dialing the pledge line 212-209-2950 and making a contribution. You can go online. You can go to give2wbai.org. That's G-I-V-E, the number two, W-B-A-I.org. And follow the prompts and make a donation. You can do a one-time donation. You can do a timed donation. You, be, you can become a BAI buddy. And look, if you're already a BAI buddy, you can up the, that, that monthly contribution to the station. Throw another five bucks in. Throw another 10 bucks in. Support the station, and I hope that you'll support this program. And when I say support this program, I mean by making a donation in the name of this program, you're telling the station, you're telling management, you are you know, telling anybody who knows that this is a program that you appreciate on WBAI. And, and look, I know there's a lot of programs to appreciate. Many of you who listen to this program may be already donating in the name of another show, and that's fine. But if you haven't, and if you do tune in specifically to this program and you haven't, I ask that you, that you make a donation to, to WBAI. The only donation, donation that's too small is the one that never comes. So make a donation, again, by dialing 212-209-2950. Let, you know, let the management of WBAI know that you listen to this program, that you value this program, and let them know you value the station. I appreciate having the space. Look, there's been a lot of pushback about land acknowledgments lately. You know, land acknowledgments became popular. 
the idea that when there are these gatherings, these public gatherings, that the first thing that is done, you know, beyond the prayers and all that stuff, is to acknowledge that the land that they're on was once native lands. I I feel indifferent about that because I don't want to be I don't want land acknowledgement. I want land back knowledge. I, I want the space. Now WBAI doesn't need to give me real estate, but they give me airtime. And they give me airtime to come to you. So I appreciate that space because space can be defined in different ways. It can be a spot on the radio dial. It can be a spot on the, on the schedule grid. It can be space within the internet. But anybody who's willing to give Native people some space back, I appreciate that. And I acknowledge that. So I'm asking you again to support WBAI and to support this program by make a do making a donation to WBAI in the name of Resistance Radio with John and Regan. And again, 212-209-2950 or go online to give to WBAI.org. I know I don't do that often enough. Um, and I apologize for that. So I will try to, as a reminder, do it more frequently, regardless of whether we're in a fun drive mode or not. We are off next week. And part of the reason we are off next week is because, you know, every, every um, fourth week on the grid, shows like ours are uh, preempted by shows that hopefully will generate more funding than I generate on a weekly basis to pay for my airtime, to pay for, you know, the, st the station. So um, that's the reason I wanted to address Halloween this week as opposed to next week. So as I said, don't do it. Don't dress up. Don't play dress up. Don't play Indian. Don't pretend to be Indian. But just acknowledge who we are. And not who we were or who you think we were because of Hollywood or the media. Get to know us. One of the ways you get to know us is by listening to the show. We get a chance to op offer a perspective on issues that affect us all. Native issues and non-native issues. Because that's the only way you're going to understand where Native people come from. And I don't suggest for a second that everybody needs to share the opinions that Regan and I express here. We just want you to know that these opinions exist. We want you to know that this perspective exists. And maybe it will challenge. I know as I've talked about history, I've oftentimes brought up history that most people didn't even know existed. I've had people tell me over and over again they can't believe that they've been betrayed by their education. Well, that's because the way Native issues and Native people are taught, like the holiday coming up, kind of sucks. So I want to thank you. Again, thank you for listening to the program. Ask that you don't play dress up as a, dress up as a Native person for Halloween ever, not just next week. But just don't do it. And help us take a stand. Help us take a stand against schools that are digging in on playing Indian. That's, that's the ask. I want to thank you for listening. Spread the word. I'm John Cain. For John Cain and Regan DeLoggins, this is Resistance Radio. Yahweh.